Feminists Without Mystique, a podcast where we process politics, sex, and the unrelenting firehose of bullshit in the news through an unapologetically feminist lens. Each week, we begin by venting about the news, go deep on one important issue, call out terrible things happening below the top headlines in a segment called We See You, and then we'll end with something hopeful. And a little reminder that we do literally every week. Uh, if you know anyone who may enjoy us, you can let them know about us. Friends, family, coworkers, whoevs. Um, and if you want to follow us on social media, we are on uh, FWM Podcast on Twitter and Feminist Without Mystique on the gram. Um, and until the day we die, I would say TikTok, uh, stay tuned. Uh, <laughs> Uh, maybe I don't know I still got hundreds of videos sent to me to sort through I don't know if I can yeah I'm much more of a TikTok lurker I'm mm -hmm. not a content creator there um, I don't know if I will ever be but hey maybe Which you is, never know it's fine you know Yeah, it's fine here we are after a couple weekies having a little yeah. little winter break moment yeah, we did. We did. It was a much needed break. And apologies, anyone who listened to our burnout episode. I guess I aptly rung in the end of the year. You by did that on purpose. Fully embodying burnout and not <laughs> posting the Miami Book Fair authors interviews. Like, so sorry, I am steeped in my own shame about that. But I did need the break. Um, yeah. So no, no need to steep on that. <laughs> Because that was just a well-placed commentary <laughs> on burnout. Right. So you're welcome to our listeners. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are so welcome. It's basically uh, like an art exhibit. So. Yes. It's a burnout art exhibit. Mm -hmm. um, Everyone's welcome. You're so welcome. Oh, man. Well, 2023 is upon us. I guess so. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> I, I did not consent, but here we are. Can you believe we started the podcast in mm -hmm. late 2018? It was a different world. It was a, <laughs> it, no, I don't, 2023, no, I don't know. I had a coworker tell me like, she's like oh, you know, like they say that like the anti-Christ is coming this year. What? Like kind of joke. She's like this like fun gal in the recreation department. I'm like, what the fuck are you saying? What? She's like, I hope it's not true, but that's what they say. I'm like, who are they? Who says that? I don't Who's... know. I sit with her at morning report because she's always next to the heater. Um, I mean, is this like fun? Like, is she a Zodiac uh, horoscope gal? Like, what kind of fun is this? <laughs> I'm not sure, but the Antichrist <laughs> might be coming this year. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know where to put that, so yeah. I'll file it in a cabinet of miscellany, I yeah, think. To, to not be opened. Um, I saw something that was like, hoping everyone has precedented times this year, and that's kind of how I'm feeling. Yeah. Keep Just it precedented. Tone it down. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's not really going well, considering no. that we're having a... <laughs> I no, mean, this one's not. kind of funny, but like Kevin McCarthy is having like an... A, a historically bad time getting himself uh, nominated to be speaker or He's voted tried to be speaker. So how many how many votes have they taken at this point? Six. Like, <laughs> yeah, normal. Typically, 
it's not six <laughs> no it's, it's usually five. performative it's yeah, usually it's like it's not three <laughs> the last time it was actually contested I only know this because the daily episode from yesterday was in the 1920s so like hmm. this does not happen but the daily did a great episode and rather than rehash it everyone should just listen but it's pretty brutal it just goes through his like career and how he's just been whatever way the wind blows and he's just like a little coward who kind of mm. has sold out his own party and like calcul made calculated moves to basically keep currying the favor of the right while trying to appear like a reasonable moderate in some senses and so now Gross. he's getting his ass bit by the right and it just couldn't get his to ass person. bit i love that <laughs> I know I you're gonna say handed to him. You're like bit. You're, okay. 2023. Maria talks about people getting their ass bit. And I'm here for it. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, I don't know where that came from. I don't know, but channel that. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> where we are. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll see what they do. Um, yeah. There have been some Dems have been, I guess, you know, eating popcorn and, and viewing and hanging out, um, <laughs> mm -hmm. which some <clears throat> some people say is childish, <laughs> immature, uncouth. Um, perhaps, perhaps, but I don't know. I think a little bit of levity, regard, like in most situations, a little bit of levity it's nice. Mm -hmm. And I get a lot of these people are probably angling for like, oh, check out my social media. Check out my, you know. Right. I that. But I, we got to have a little fun. We've got to. We need a yeah. morsel of, of fun and humor. We do. In life. Um, and now, you know, they, they were eating popcorn. That's it. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, whatever. Do you think the Republicans would be behaving better if this were happening to Nancy Pelosi? Like, no. No. <laughs> no 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 and like what they are they had, like <laughs> they're so like they are so divided so right. obviously like what it which i feel like we've talked about like what is even the republican party anymore right um and you know i mean what is the what are any of the parties at this point but this specific instance i feel like really showcases the ways in which like there is no true one central republican party anymore Right, right. Like she's broken off into very, very, very many branches, and mm -hmm. um, they don't. There was always, I feel like, at least from my perspective, there's always this idea that like Republicans will work together to form a wall to block mm -hmm. <laughs> meaningful legislation from Democrats. And I haven't really like that's one thing that's always bothered me is it's just like they're so fucking unified yeah no matter no matter what they're always together yeah um regardless of what they said before or will say in the future they're always just like arms linked we're doing this mm -hmm. um and this is one of those those times where i feel like i'm like maybe if you're not that was your biggest strength right you right. know as like a voting block and as you know a party is that you would just come together when you needed to despite not having anything in common with one another and be yeah. like yes we agree on this but now it's like I mean maybe I'm I'm reading too much into it or trying to but it felt like a representation of how maybe that's not 
gonna be a staple of the party anymore where they're not gonna stick together through whatever because yeah. we've got enough like marjorie taylor greens and people in the mix who are like i'm passionate about my belligerent beliefs <laughs> yeah. um yeah. and not enough of the sort of like low-key evil people or like you know i i want what i want i want my greed but like i'll work with you air quotes yeah on it. i don't know yeah i i think it's so interesting i hope you're right um just that they're kind of fractured in a way that will uh I hope weaken them but our voters mm. right and also the weird thing about this is that it's not like there's a clear there is a clear delineation. The people on the fur- the furthest right of the party and are against Kevin McCarthy in this mm-hmm. moment. But Kevin McCarthy himself is quite far right and has mm-hmm. aligned himself with the very far right and like all the way up to at first he was he blamed Trump for the insurrection in January 6 riots and then he 100% did a 180 and aligned himself with Trump and said the election was stolen and um, didn't vote to uh, like ratify the the election results of 2020. So he is quite extreme. So even though he's able to get most of the party, that's like it's hard for me for my gauge to be like what is going on mm-hmm. here. I mean, and the fact that like, it, but it does gross me out that people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Jim Jordan and Matt Geitz like are holding you know this much power. Um, so I just kind of, I mean, I, I do hate, I hate elements of this, but I also, of course, I'm really, really enjoying, I mean, Kevin McCarthy has reaped what he sowed here. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like the, the Marjories and the Mats and, and all those people, like they are, I feel like they, this is not based in actual statistics, um, but I do <laughs> feel like they are creeping in, um, more and more like it doesn't feel like oh and now there's a million of them but it feels like mm-hmm. each election maybe a few more um mm-hmm. especially in the local elections especially in certain areas um and i yeah i don't know where the republican party is going i don't know where i don't know where any of this is going yeah. um i'm tuning in for season whatever the fuck yeah um and yeah i'm, I'm just going to choose to see this because i feel like we haven't gotten a lot of opportunities to even choose to see things as in our favor Mm -hmm. um i feel like we've had a lot of instances where things happen it's very clearly bad yeah Yeah. (laughs) you know um so i'm gonna go ahead and choose to hope that this is meaning something about you know conservative camaraderie and electability and all that shit will it actually mean that and will this actually matter in a meaningful way or will this just be like (laughs) some scuffling that happens before they link arms again i don't know um i'm i'm not choosing to believe i'm choosing to hope and that's all that's, That's all we can, can do. Because we have, like, I've seen so often people, just, they just come together over whoever yeah. it is. Um, yeah. And that, I mean, also maybe this is like backlash to that hurting them because, you know, they'd rally around people that, well, not always rally around, but sometimes rally around Trump supported candidates and that didn't work out well either. And, right. Um, it, it, yeah, there's, it doesn't feel like there's a cohesive party there. No. Um, 
and I hope that <laughs> the party dies, and then instead our our current Democrats become the moderates. Yeah, and we have them in a progressive party, and we just figure it all out. But again, I don't yeah. expect that. It's also just kind of funny to see this like mediocre. man Kevin McCarthy just fail upward in his career and like Mm -hmm. weasel his way into power in and out and around and he is not apparently humiliated by the fact that he's lost the vote six times like he's just gonna keep doing this like I mean I think if I were in power and I lost the vote of my peers like that I'd probably be very mortified and want to forget about it and I certainly wouldn't run again and insist that I was the best leader six times so really got to hand it to him the audacity (laughs) I mean a lot of times he certainly um, has the confidence that his that you know uh, of a mediocre white man so good for him I mean mediocre is really being nice (laughs) nice to him mediocre no offense to the word mediocre (laughs) yeah yeah, right. <laughs> Mediocre's like, hey, wait a second. Hey, I'm better than that. This guy's extreme. <laughs> Come on, I'm in the middle of the chart. He's like, I wasn't at the he's insurrection. Yeah, he's like, I wasn't there. I have an alibi. Um, yeah, well, I mean, we'll see what happens. I don't know anymore. I don't fucking know. Like, you and I were talking about how, like, we start this podcast like what 2018 you said Mm -hmm. (laughs) what (laughs) the things I thought I knew then I don't think I know anything anymore honestly like yeah (laughs) so all I can do is speculate and hope and you know and discuss but you know I anything could fucking happen tomorrow (laughs) and I'd be like sure like there I don't think I saved it but there was this headline I saw and I had it tabbed and I never quite got to it and it was in California and it was something like some sort of what was it it was like a river cyclone and like a bomb something and I was like I can't figure out this is like a river storm okay here it is California storm update atmospheric river and bomb cyclone approach the coast what (laughs) and i gathered from other things that atmospheric rivers have to do with wind forces i don't know what a bomb cyclone is i'll look into that later but like i'm scrolling and i see these things and i'm like sure i'll open a tab and i'll learn about you but i feel like "Mm, i don't know yeah atmospheric rivers bomb cyclones we're just long for the ride at this point, but what a ride it it is! <laughs> what a ride! <laughs> it feels like those types of phrases, like bomb cyclone, is um, bomb they, cyclone. They're, <laughs> they're becoming um, more and more common, but they feel like a more and more ridiculous terms. Like what was oh. um, there was something else? Not oh, uh, what was a triple demic? Like or the. Tri- oh, triple demic. Yep. Yeah, it was sort of like oh, f- only in only in this in these worst of times, worst of times, would there be? Yeah. Like, um. Yeah. Lots of different things happening that are, I don't know, nature spooky. Yeah. Well, that's a, it's like scrolling through, like catching up over the last few weeks. I'm like, there's a lot of things about, and I feel like I commented on this one of the more previous times you recorded. 
a lot of really spooky climate crisis stuff. Yeah. It's always been there, but it, it mm-hmm. feels anecdotally, anecdotally that it's happening more frequently. Yep. Um, it does. And yeah, again, I don't have the solution other than like maybe we should have done more in the past and we should do more now, but yep. will we? I don't know. Let's check yeah. in with the bomb cyclone and like what's happening. <laughs> what's happening in LA right now? And like the snowstorms, like the these wild weather events that are like yeah. quote unquote once in a lifetime that are now happening every couple of years. Yeah, Jeremy Renner got run over by a snowplow. Yeah, that was really upsetting. And I don't know what's the latest on that. I mean, he got airlifted. He's okay. He's in critical but stable condition. He had surgery. He like posted a pic on some social media site where he's like something like, "Oh, I'm not feeling great," but you know. Oh. Um, But yeah, it sounds like he got run over basically by a snowplow. Um, which you know, that's not great. And then not related to the to the weather, but like Damar Hamlin, Buffalo Bills. Um, Awful. That was that was crazy. He got hit by another player and went into cardiac arrest. And I'm gonna I forget what it's it's like commode. I forget what it's called, but it's basically like they think it's when your heart is in a certain rit- part of its rhythm and it gets hit with blunt force, mm-hmm. it kind of puts you into cardiac arrest. That's what they think happened. But he was, you know, on the field getting CPR for like ten minutes or something. Yep. Before he was sent off and Initially, there were rumors that the NFL was telling them to keep playing, but apparently that was like their um, sort of like their the reaction they had set up ahead of time for things that happened where it's like, oh, yeah, five minutes when they heard what, ha- what was happening. They didn't actually enforce that, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's really jarring and scary. And then I follow a lot of like nurse and nursing type medical people on Instagram. And then there was this whole discussion about people in the medical field and how like you help on a code, which is, you know, giving CPR to someone. And then you just like go back to work mm. and talking about like, Oh, there's actually like trauma in that. And like, what are we doing um, yeah. around that? And so there've been like conversations sort of sparked in the NFL and the medical field um, and whatnot around that. But that was like a very football is a brutal sport. Um, but I, I don't, to my knowledge, we haven't seen a ton of things like that happen during games. Um, I can only yeah. think of less than a handful of that. But again, I'm not like a a huge sports ball fan. Um, yeah, no, I think you're right about that in football. Um, I mean, people get hurt and carted off the field relatively often, but right. it's not anywhere near the seriousness, or at least we know that there's lots of physical long lasting damage of playing football, especially with brain injuries, but mm-hmm. we don't see this type of like horrific yeah. um, outcome in front of our eyes. And it was so moving seeing the like and and devastating seeing the way his his player his fellow teammates and Mm -hmm. the other team the Bengals the way that they were responding and someone like a a sportscaster like tweeted basically that when um, DeMar Hamlin was uh, put into the ambulance and um, everyone clapped because they had been really there had been silence on the field and in the stadium and that's what happens when someone's gets carted away you clap but like none of the players 
he described it as like the players, no one clapped. They all just had thousand, um, thousand mile stairs, which I thought was kind of haunting. Just like the trauma of, of being there and watching that happen to your cat, um, your cast mate, your teammate. Um, and someone, you know, he seemed like a great guy. Like he's not that you doesn't matter what type of, you don't want that to happen to anyone, but he had a charity that he was trying to run for his hometown. And, um, just he just seemed like and he was 24 he's 24 um and anyway just everyone it seems like just it's really really tragic um for when that happens to anyone but he seemed like a particularly great seems like a particularly great person yeah all the reports coming out exactly what you said where it's like you know he's got this he's working with this charity where people have i think donated him around four million dollars since his injury um like you said he's 24 years old which in the in the realm of this life uh, is is not very far into it at all, and has been focused on giving back. And you know, like you said, it's never like, oh, yay, someone's injured. But it's it hits extra hard when it's somebody who seems to just be like a really good person. And like you said, mm-hmm. the opposing team, um, which you don't always see in football, mm-hmm. uh, was you know classy like they lit their stadium to the colors of the injured um injured guys team and Mm -hmm. you know there was no it seemed like there was no bullshit yeah you know everyone was just like someone's seriously injured and let's be people which is a low fucking bar right (laughs) honestly like a little bit especially if he turns out to be okay like a little bit heartening yeah to see people being decent people to one another on a large scale yep um i i feel like we don't get to see that a ton mm-hmm. um you know we we are all very pitted against one another and it's it's tough times and you know i know it's football but it, it was heartening a bit i think to see people who the only relationship they have with one another is my sports team is against your sports team yeah, as silly as it is, coming together though, and which I get, it sounds silly because it's like that's you would think that would be the bar, mm-hmm. but it's not, and people yeah. limbo under that bar all the time. Um, mm-hmm. So it was nice to at least see, like, okay, we're being people here, and we all agree um, on what's happening and what you know right. the response needs to be. Right. Oh, that's so right. It was was heartening to see that um and i hope yeah. i hope he recovers i hope there's good news that comes from that soon um or or like you know you know what i mean <laughs> like positive yeah positive news about his recovery um oh man um what else what else uh just has been bopping around oh Serial liar George Santos, just before we move into our main topic, just just worth a nod, you know, yes. I mean, this this man uh, beat a Democrat and flipped a seat in New York and Long Island. um, And he's a congressman elect who now has many investigations that are being he's he's under investigation back in uh, Argentina or wait, is it Argentina or Brazil? could be brazil um but he and then there are investigations that are opened up in yeah brazil uh investigations that are also opened up in 
the states against this man. Um, he lied about his ancestry, saying he was Jewish, and then when being called on it because he's he's not Jewish, he said, "I said I was Jewish, Jewish." <laughs> what? Um, which is like, how do you even do that? I mean, he lied about his work history and his college education. Um, he has, uh, you know, embell- he said he embellished his resume, but, um, you know, actually Tulsi Gabbard on Fox really called him, called him on it. And she, she kind of held his feet to the fire. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, he, um, the, the Daily Beast has like a long list of his, like a, a list of his lies. Um, but, it's just um i hope i hope although i don't have high hopes about this i hope that he is this is the logical conclusion of the trump candidates like people who think they can just say truly whatever the fuck comes into their mind mm-hmm. and like the truth be damned no one's going to notice or care and i'm going to i'm going to just cont- there's going to be no consequences and no. of course it makes sense you would think that because trump is the embodiment of that to this day no real consequences none that really matter none that really say you cannot get away with these lies you can't get away with this behavior And, um, you know, you're unfit to be holding a leadership role in this country, sadly. Um, so I hope that the, that George Santos's brazen lying, um, does send this message maybe to like more, um, I guess like smaller fries, you know, smaller Republican fries Mm -hmm. and Democrats, anyone who's thinking of running for Congress by just lying and lying and lying. Um, and I do think it also points to something sad, which is that uh, apparently the queen, there was a local newspaper in Queens that had sort of uncovered some of these lies and it just had never gained traction and they didn't have the resources to really chase all of those threads down until the New York Times was able to put their resources towards it. So thank goodness for the New York Times, but also what a sad state of affairs that we don't have robust local journalism because that's the type of um, reporting and investigative journalism that voters really rely on and need so that these types of assholes who are kind of local assholes, you nip him in the bud, you know, don't let him get elected. Like he should never. And it was a swing district that he flipped. So he would not have been elected, you know, if, if people knew the extent of his lies. Yeah, I, speaking of lies, this is something we're not even going to get fully into because I haven't fully read up on it. Um, <laughs> but I, thinking about the, the past couple of weeks, like Trump's tax returns, mm. you know, like they were released. We know that he held foreign bank accounts while in office. We know there were years that he paid none on his taxes or less than mm-hmm. he should have. Um, we know there's so much sketchiness surrounding that. And the fact that that, happened at least a week ago mm-hmm. i don't even know the date that it was shows <laughs> not only how inundated we are with like things that are happening but how in the political realm we are yeah because um, no matter what's going on if this was like the top political story that would make sense right but it's something yep. where i'm like oh shoot yeah i need to check up on what was what were in those tax returns after all you know yeah. and like i said like there's some some details I know, but most of it, I'm like, oh, I'll have to set aside some time and brew some tea and uh, have a biscuit and 
you sit down and figure it out. But like, yeah, I haven't. I, I think the way that we all consume news is different. I think different people have different ways of, of getting their news. Yep. But aside from them being released and that making headlines, I haven't seen it. Yeah. Come up. Um, you know, and I don't know if it's just like, we're so inundated with other shit happening. It's like, Oh, if you care, you'll look into it or, Oh, we'll get to it or whatever. But like an ex president who's saying he's going to run again, having all these tax issues, many of which I admit I haven't even looked into. Right. And why haven't I, if I haven't. Right. Right. <laughs> average vote, you know. Um, so that's one thing I'm sort of like side eyeing. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because it kept being like, when are they going to release? When's it going to come out? And mm-hmm. it comes out, you see some things and then it's yeah. like, someone tell me, you know, someone else extract this. Like I know the New York times is like the New York times is going through it. Like on the day that it came out, it was like New York yeah. times reporters are coming through thousands of pages. So I was like, great. I'll wait for like yes, them comb. to tell me, mm-hmm. <laughs> comb, comb, comb. And um, no. And then there wasn't really like any big takeaways that I saw. And I know it was a holiday week, so it was kind of like people were probably like, oh, my God, Trump. If I were a reporter, I would be like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, yeah. right in the holidays, Trump is releasing his – or he has to – you know, it's like, no, no, yeah. no. This can wait until January. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, you're right. I don't know. I think there's such a fatigue, especially with all of the activity around Trump and all of the his different misdeeds. <laughs> like, Yeah. And, it's very frustrating because there's just a long list of investigations. They're all legitimate. They're all kind of like plugging away. A lot of these things rely on like specific people within the legal system deciding whether or not to prosecute. Is it a strong enough case? Is it worth it? Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, though, this this is coming from the people who are the party of law and order, which continues to LOL. frustrate me. Yeah. LOL. They can't even call themselves that anymore. Like, I well, really it's just feel frustrating. like. Like, they. They will t- they will say, oh, well, you broke the law and you should go to jail for however long for whatever you did. And like mm-hmm. we enforce laws. And it's like, no, you don't. Your leader yeah. has broken so many laws. And the message that he's sending to other lawmakers like George Santos and other people is like, as long as you can, you know, you can get away with it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, enforce the laws that you can, that you can get away with and that serve you by by you enforcing them. You know, there's no yeah. real passion for justice. No, being exhibited there, um, and it, yeah, and like, will he run again? I, like, we're not gonna go down that no. rabbit hole tonight. No, but like, what do pe- like? And do people even care? About, right. Like, do the people that voted for him? I I should. Do the people that voted for him care? Yeah, that he did this. I don't know that they do. Yeah. But again, I'm not like a a political whiz uh, with all the the access to the data of those polls, but it it doesn't will it even hurt him? Right. Or will it help him somehow? Yeah. That he wasn't paying taxes to that leech of a government, you know? Yeah. Like it could end up his tax returns being released. I have no idea if it's going to help or hurt him. Yeah. It just doesn't seem like it. I mean, to to his base, it's never going to matter. And right. to the swing voters, they're going to be like, oh, it was all a witch hunt. It didn't really mm-hmm. yield anything. 
Um, be like, oh, I don't like that, but I don't like how this other one is like this. You know, yeah. it's like they equate issues that in my mind you can't equate, you know, right. right. Um, they'll equate things. and But yeah. we'll, I mean, who knows though? <laughs> who knows? I guess it remains to be seen. Uh, it's just hard to take anything really. I take all news, even the news that's like Trump did another illegal thing with a massive grain of salt because yeah. it's like, well, if this is not really going to matter, I just, I can't get that exercised about it. <laughs> like for my right. own mental health. If no one around <laughs> in the world is going to do a thing about this, like, sure, I, I guess I'd like to know. Yeah. Um, But what purpose does it serve? Because he's done so many, him and his administration, the people around him have done so many like wildly illegal, immoral, unethical, evil, cruel things. Yep. Um, That... Each one of them is awful and absurd. Um, and then yeah. you see the whole room, the whole group of them, you know, and you're like, well, yeah, I guess it's just kind of how he rolls. It's like he normalizes his own shit. And I don't know if it's intentional or if it's just like a product of him being in the public eye. But like, right. we have gotten accustomed to a level of like depravity mm-hmm. and a lack of morals and lack of ethics um, in part due to him. Yeah, but what? What you know? What are we gonna do? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's so. like if a tree falls in the way, you know, in the forest, and it doesn't right. make a sound like exactly. You know, if no one hears it. That's anyway. Yeah, or if people hear it, but they don't note that they heard it. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like oh, I heard some sort of crash that day. I guess. Oh, yeah. that was all the trees in the forest falling down. Well, good to know. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I watched this movie over the break um, that didn't really seem to like make much of a make much of a sound, make much of a what stir. Did you watch? Um, it's called Amsterdam. It has Christian Bale and Margot Robbie. It's on Netflix, mm-hmm. um, and it also has like Chris Rock, Taylor Swift, Robert De Niro. Like, it has a huge okay, cast. cast. Yeah. I know it's it's like fun cast, um, but it's actually based on a true story it's mostly like a fictional like fictional characters doing fictional things but it it's based the thread of the story like the through line is a true story of uh businessmen in like in the u.s right before world war ii that were trying to like in the 30s that were trying to stir up uh support for a fascist uh, leader to mm. take over from Roosevelt and they targeted a uh, respected World War One veteran um, in the U.S. and tried to pay him off to be a wow. spokesperson for a ri- the rise of fascism and for and they were trying to emulate Mussolini and uh, it was just like and it didn't work because that veteran saw through it didn't want to mm-hmm. take money from people he didn't know and for and them give him a speech about strongman and but they knew he knew that like if he spoke to veterans and said like what we need is a strong we need a strong leadership and blah 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 that there is that he would be a an important mouthpiece and that that actually that type of an endorsement if you get a few of those people and you whip up a group of people with um you know especially a group of veterans like you suddenly, suddenly you might've, there might've been more of a, um, fascist strain in the U S around world war two that 
would have been like really bad. And especially when there are businessmen with a lot of money who are putting their interests mm-hmm. behind that person. So anyway, I just kind of thought uh, like, I mean, it was, it was a fun movie and it was just interesting, especially when you think about, oh, that was actually based on a, tr- that's based on a true story. Like we come close. I mean, there, we, lots of moments in American history are based on like one person or a few people doing the right thing at that, at that time and not being bullied. Um, so we know that people like Kevin McCarthy, you know, have no backbone or spine and we just hope no. that no know, bones in his whole body. As no. <laughs> So just hoping that when push comes to shove, like there are enough people who have courage of their convictions to kind of keep the train on the tracks of this democracy. <laughs> That's the hope. Um, Cause yeah, I really don't know where we're all going on, on this yeah. wild ride. Really, truly no idea. <laughs> <laughs> really don't know. Don't know. Um, well, it's, I feel like we've spoken about this before where it's, when we learn history in our minds, we're learning history, which sounds like a very like, yeah, duh statement, <laughs> but like but when mm-hmm. you're actually living life and things are happening that are mm-hmm. historic and that are monumental, it's, I think some people have a tendency to kind of filter that out. Yep. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's hard. It's hard to believe sometimes because I, at least for me, when I was learning about awful atrocious things that have happened in our history, I I learned about them, but I viewed them through the lens of like this is our history, right, right, and which is like a foolish thing to do. Obviously, like we're doomed to repeat, da da da, da all that stuff. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. But I think there are there's still that sort of compulsion or that habit to view certain things as like oh that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, or things that are happening in real time, looking at them and be like, oh, it can't be happening that way. That's crazy. Or like, oh, no, that, you know, this or that um, and discounting things. But like the thing about history is like people lived through it. Yeah. And yeah. they were around while these things were happening. Mm-hmm. And I imagine a lot of them probably were thinking the same things that we're thinking now where they're like, oh, this, you know, this can't continue this way because x y and z are like oh this already happened however many years ago this can't happen again or you know like we find ways to qualify things to make it so that we can live our lives um but some you know it's happening Uh, things are happening things are happening right things are happening and you know at the time when monumental things happened in the past and i mean it, movies like Dunkirk or um, Darkest Hour about like when in the UK it seemed like the Nazis would take over. I mean, that really was a time where it, it could have gone either way. It was not yeah. assured that like, and the US wasn't participating yet. So it was just kind of like, this is all, these are all decisions, yeah, made by people and movements that are influenced by, you know, <laughs> a, a series of decisions and like you say, I know it's it does sound like, oh, duh, but it's sort of like, no, it's worth thinking about because, it, yeah, it's yeah, worth it's, thinking about. It's worth knowing. I think it's worth repeating certain lessons sometimes because they can get lost. Um, yeah. yeah. You can find yourself in a context potentially like growing up when we did where there's plenty of shit happening in the world, but not in a way where during certain formative years that we felt immediately threatened. Right. 
And I think right. that's when it's easy to kind of make these justifications about history and about the future and about what means what and good guys and bad guys. And yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Um, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's all bad. Um, <laughs> so, Andrew, should we do a, a quick mention to... Um, I think I got through everything else for our intro. It's more of a news dump. I know, I know. <laughs> it's been a couple of weeks. What do you guys? Ex- this is what they wanted anyway. The people wanted a news. What dump. they wanted. <laughs> um, we are going to talk about Andrew Tate. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other thing I had on my list was Brian Koberger of the Moscow Idaho shit. Is there oh, anything else? Oh yeah. Oh a wait, quick, yeah. I'll do a quick. Yeah. Um, I mentioned on this very podcast, um, I don't know, maybe a month ago that I was Mm -hmm. kind of following the, I I hate even using like the term following. I'm not like a true crime follower. I'm not someone who like, I generally get upset at thinking too much about violent crimes at like certain documentaries. It's like, I'm not the kind of person who tends to follow that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, not because I'm better than it. It just it makes me feel sick, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't have the stomach for it. It's gory. Um, it's morose. It's upsetting. Yeah, like, it's like there's enough happening around <laughs> that I don't need to like. like what else terrible happened? Yeah. What can I really hyper focus on today? <laughs> it's like no, girl. There's enough. Um, but for some <laughs> reason, uh, this this case has kind of like captivated me in a weird way and this is the one where the the four college students were murdered in their home um stabbed to death in their sleep um two of the girls lived there one of the girls like had lived there was visiting the other person was like a boyfriend of one of the girls who lived there um and again like I still don't know exactly why I became not definitely not obsessed but like everyday checking checking at certain hours like mm-hmm. see like did they find someone who did it did they arrest I, I don't know um they finally did uh arrest somebody basically his name's Brian Koberger he these murders took place in Idaho he was a criminology PhD student at uh Washington State University which is like for those who don't know like the geography um it's like 10 minutes away like Pullman and Moscow are they're different states, but they're they're very 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 close. Um, and there's all that I'm not going to get into all of the stuff <laughs> that's come out or hasn't mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. But they did identify him, um, and he's being extradited from Pennsylvania, where his family lives, back to um, to Idaho today. And mm-hmm. they've they've been tracking his flight on Reddit, and oh, they, they oh stopped God. for like two fuel stops because he's in like a tiny little oh. Um, a tiny little plane um and then he will be because at the point where he's in front of a judge in idaho is when they can release the affidavit that says like basically what evidence they have oh wow okay um which people are speculating is probably pretty damning um Mm -hmm. because they had a middle of the night warrant to arrest him which i guess which another thing i learned is that if you go to someone's house in the middle of the day versus the middle of the night there's like a different barrier you have to meet of, mm-hmm. of evidence in the middle of the night it has to be a much higher um you know, sort of caliber of evidence and um yes yeah, so they're they're bringing this guy in and he the second I saw him I thought like 
he looks his eye he has those dead eyes mm-hmm. those spooky murderer eyes and everyone read it was like this is like confirmation bias like <laughs> i don't comment i've never commented on any of this because i'm like <laughs> you know i try to remove myself from it but it's an interesting <laughs> thing where it's like different like for some reason all of these people are interested in the outcome of this you know invested in the case for one reason or another mm-hmm. um and this is weird community that has come together on Reddit and they're like tracking his flight and they're doing all of this shit. And I'm like half part of it mm-hmm. um, feeling kind of, like weird about it. Cause it's like at the end of the day, like four kids, I mean, adults, yeah. like young adults, they were stabbed to death. Right. Like it, this is right. like, I it's literally a serious, just got horrific crime. Yeah. It's yeah. awful. And it's like, and I hate the way that, certain people who are into true crime like turn it into just a story or turn mm-hmm. it into something that kind of like serves them in mm-hmm. some way or another um, and I'm not like above it or you know I'm not better than them but it's mm-hmm. one of those things where you're just like what what like what are we all doing here um, right but long story long yeah he is going to likely they're going to release all that information tomorrow morning We'll get a better idea because it's been about six weeks since the murders. And it's, I mean, it's a college town. Right. Everyone's been terrified. Um, and it looks like he posted a survey to Reddit um, before them, a few, I think a couple months before the murders. About mm-hmm. He posted a survey to Reddit um, <laughs> so asking, yeah, asking like ex-cons and, and different people who have been like going to Reddit groups like, are, you know ex-cons or whatever and asking them to complete the survey that was a it wasn't actually from his alma mater and he was asking them to talk wow. about their feelings at before and after crime how they chose their victims like all this creepy shit mm-hmm. um and yeah i don't know where i'm going with this all i know is that he's creepy it's awful it's terrible people died and for some reason i am part of um the group of people who is like watching this stuff even though i've never been that person you know mm-hmm. i don't know what it says about me or about like the times or about what but um yeah i it's you know it's one of those things where i think you and i are both the same in that we're i feel like you probably ask your fiance like oh is the door locked at night yeah, or I just go check it myself because I'm embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, and I'm always like, did you like? I can go to bed like hours before him, and I'll be like, did you lock both the doors? Yeah, um, yeah. And it's just this feeling of being, you know, of being unsafe, and we'll we'll learn more about what happened in this like specific instance with time. But um, yeah, just one of the most like awful, brutal crimes I had personally heard about in a long time um mm-hmm. and also like to end this this long solilo- soliloquy <laughs> um it was for like white kids who are all like good you know objectively good looking um and had a certain presence and their deaths should be investigated like they should have just as much attention as they're getting but i feel like it would be remiss not to mention the fact that so many indigenous people, people of color, specifically like girls of color, indigenous girls go missing mm-hmm. um, 
without any kind of media follow-up whatsoever. And these kids have like the force of the FBI, the local police, the police in in the state where the um, suspect was extradited from a person, you know, like millions, if not billions of dollars behind it, which I do not begrudge. Like I, I hope that they solve this and, it's hard. I can't even imagine how I would feel as like a parent or a loved one yeah. if I was faced with something like this. Like absolutely whatever can be offered toward this investigation, I think should be. But at the same mm-hmm. time, like it's hard to ignore why did I and did so many people follow this case versus the hundreds of thousands I would guess that's pulling a number out of my ass Mm -hmm. but the the number of people who go missing or are victims of crime who do not fit the profile of being like a 21 year old blonde sorority girl you know yeah um and you know we we know we know why we know why um but you know i do wonder like what else will come out about this perpetrator and maybe he did have other people that he victimized before these people and we didn't find out about it because they didn't fit um you know that narrative right the most speculation yeah yeah like newsworthy salacious you know what where do people's attentions naturally pull or like where does the news think your attention will naturally go to um right Ugh, yeah, gruesome. I'm really glad that they caught him. I look forward to hearing, you know, what they have against him. Um, yeah. It was spooky to know that that had, knowing about that crime, like, ooh. in November, it was like, ooh, you know, and it, yeah, it happened in Idaho, but it happened close to Washington State. Like, yeah, people don't you get, know? like, the board, like, he was, he was at, Go like I did my re- nursing refresher. Go kooks. Yeah. Um, Pullman <laughs> is a few minutes in Washington. Is a few minutes from re- Moscow, Idaho. What they're talking about? Mm-hmm. They like they're essentially from what I like. They're not the same campus, but like students from one go to the like it's interchangeable. Yeah. Yeah. It's two college towns ten minutes away from each other. They don't care that there's a border there. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah. super spooky. Um, more on that, I'm sure. Um, well, shall, shall we, we do a little quick little uh, Andrew yeah, Tate? Sh- <laughs> shall we end with the man of the hour? Um, <laughs> Andrew. Oh, my God. Ugh. So you may have heard or read Ugh. that Andrew Tate um, was detained in Romania over rape and human trafficking uh, allegations. Um, mm. If you're like us, you maybe didn't really know who Andrew Tate was, aside from maybe hearing his name referenced along with other like mm-hmm. sort of misogynist right wing YouTubers or like internet personalities that just kind of make all their money off of being um, pigs <laughs> at best. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew Tate was uh, a boxer. He was a former kickboxer. Um, And then he was on the British TV show Big Brother. um, And he got kicked off after there was a video that showed him appearing to attack a woman. um, Mm. Beat her with a belt, if I'm not mistaken. Um, 
then he gained a lot of notoriety for on Twitter and then got banned on Twitter for saying that women should, quote, bear responsibility for being sexually assaulted. Um, on Elon Musk's Twitter, he was reinstated. Of course. Because <laughs> free speech, you know? Mm. Uh and then he also was banned on other social media sites, um, but he would appear on videos with, like, uh, his expensive cars and jets and holidays. And uh, at one point, he and his brother bragged about, uh, like, having this website where women would, like, you'd pay, like, $4 to talk to, like, a woman, but they would keep most of the money. So it was, like, basically a total scam. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he uh has i mean i'm actually just like so this is all like basically the background before he got arrested in romania he also said that he moved to romania because they were more lax with rape he, he like, literally said like people are like oh he didn't say what did he say exactly <laughs> no he literally said i'm moving to romania because they're more lenient with like rape like he didn't what? like it wasn't couch it wasn't like oh i can meet girls there like ugh. no he literally was like haha rape i mean if that isn't like uh, already you know? ra- yeah rape laws are more lenient there was his direct um direct quote yeah so thankfully now he's under arrest because mm-hmm. there are multiple victims who allege that they were recruited by him and his brother and then two other Romanian nationals who misrepresented their intention to be in a romantic relationship. It called it, they called, um, I don't know if the police called it this or Andrew Tate, but like the lover boy method. Ew. Oh God. How dare you? I know. It's like an added indignity is like the name is so awful. Ew. And Um, what did he say to these poor young girls and women? Well, and then, so it seems like, the women were then, you know, after they thought they were in a romantic relationship, were shipped forced. To- yeah, shipped. To, I mean, they went to Romania, I guess, at some point willingly, thinking they were in a relationship or yeah, like meeting their boyfriend. Right. And then they were forced to perform porn content under a threat of violence. Um, and in the raid, there's guns, knives, money, um, you know, lots of like just. It, uh, it kind of reminds me of that uh, – there's that documentary, Hot Girls Wanted, the Rashida Jones mm-hmm. one. And in it, they she sort of explores the in the U.S. kind of that underground uh, – or I, I guess not even necessarily underground, but like the porn industry, even if it's above board, like what really is consent and, and how can you kind of hold people in a form of like a non-consensual relationship and – make them do more and more extreme things um that that type of exploitation even for women that are over the age of 18 and and have basically been but have have been lured into a situation where they're now basically sex slaves um Mm -hmm. anyway it was it just reminded this reminded me of that and in some ways um but yeah i'm glad he's arrested there's also that whole element of uh, him potentially getting caught because he posted that picture with the pizza box. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's unconfirmed. <laughs> Romanian authorities uh, say that's not what happened. But there was this whole like back and forth with our, our sweet, brilliant Greta, mm-hmm. um, which like he instigated. Um, 
Yeah. Psychotically. He, so <laughs> December 27th, he tweets at Greta Thunberg uh, trying to brag about like all of his sports cars and how they're all really bad for the environment. <laughs> like, ooh. Ooh. Um, yeah, and he's like, he basically asks her to provide her email address so she so he can send a complete list of his car collection and their respective enormous emissions. God. And she replied with, yes, please do enlighten me and email me at smalldickenergy at getalife.com. <laughs> Which is just like chef's kiss. Like, yeah. I know the entire internet and all their extended cousins freaked out about that. But it was <laughs> it was worth it. Um and then his his car collection seized by Romanian authorities. Oh uh, no! BT dumps, and this exchange occurred about two days before his arrest. Uh, they say it's a coincidence, um, but people are saying it's because he posted a video of himself with a pizza box that uh, the location of the pizza shop was visible. It's like a Romanian American pizza company. Um, so the jury's out on whether or not it was actually the pizza box that led to the arrest, but Greta had another clap back. This is what happens <laughs> when you don't recycle your pizza boxes. <laughs> um, I just lo- like, I just, she, perfect responses. Yeah. Both counts for Greta. Um, <laughs> doesn't need to respond to him. But mm-hmm. when I, the first one, when I saw that, I thought someone doctored an image. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, yeah, that would be a great clapback. Okay, what's next? And I kept seeing it. And I was like, no. Did she? Did she say <laughs> small dick energy at getalife.com? Like, I hope so. But I assumed I could not be so, you know, in such good fortune. Um, yeah. But no, it, it really did happen. And, like, she's a fucking queen and she's going to go places. I mean, she's already gone places. She's, you know, a very influential figure in the world. But yeah. Way to go, Greta. Um, an interesting thing I saw come of this is like, are we ignoring teen boys? Oh. Um, yeah, apparently there's a popular leftist streamer, Vosh. I, oh, God. I ew. mean, I'm also not a teen boy. I'm a woman in my 30s. So like, grain of salt. But um, He's he said, I cannot quote, I cannot stress enough how important it is to understand that 12 year old white boys on Twitch are not being pulled into fascism because of some Machiavellian desire to preserve and expand their privileges. It's because the right talks to them and the left doesn't. Um, and I, I and that's the thing is like, I don't like I said, I'm not like a teen or a preteen boy on these on mm-hmm. these apps. I don't get targeted the things that they would get targeted yeah um necessarily mm-hmm. um i do know that there was reports of like middle schools particularly and some high school teachers saying that like his video andrew tate's videos were resulting in an uptick of like really shitty misogynistic violent rhetoric and shit from boys mm-hmm. that they were teaching mm-hmm. um but as to whether we're ignoring teen boys, I don't, I don't know. It's I, I feel like maybe we're not centering teen yeah. boys, right? I, so it feels like they're they feel they're being ignored because they're no longer the every person. Like they're not the stand-in for every right. single person's experience. Yeah, they're not the protagonist, and every story is not like white 
teen boy doing X or finding Y or like uncovering Z, you know? Right. We have different right. perspectives um, covered there. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't, we're not ignoring teen boys. We couldn't mm-hmm. possibly ignore teen boys. Um, and teen boys should fit into more categories than just like angry, misogynistic, violent <laughs> beasts. Like <Yeah>. why? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Why do we need to like, like, well, are we catering to the teen boys? Like, what do you fucking mean? Like, why can't yeah. they... Any any story they could relate to, yeah. It, it does seem like it's like the decentering, yeah. Potentially, that is. I mean, again, just from my perspective, it's it doesn't seem like we are ignoring teen boys. It just seems like we are potentially allowing more than just like cishet white teen boys to be like the center of you know, yeah, of all of, of all of that jazz. Um, I yeah, don't think I don't think they're ignored. Um, no, and but it's also like I can't speak to how they're targeted, you know, because I don't get that content that they would get if you're being targeted as like a teen boy, right? And what they're trying to get you to see and and relate to, and like maybe they're preying on that idea of like, oh, you know, you should be centered, and you're not. And that's because of the woke feminazis. Yeah, I think that that, I think that it is, uh, it seems like it's pretty easy for, um, you know, teens to get placed down an internet rabbit hole um, where they just get fed more and more content, even if they're spending Mm -hmm. just a little bit of time and it's like a little bit more. And then it's Mm -hmm. like someone who seems reasonable and then someone who's a little more extreme and then someone who's fucking very extreme. Um, but it's a gradual, like, slippery kind of slope into some really toxic ideologies that then they feel pretty justified in. And, um, yeah, it's it's scary. I don't think – I agree with you. I don't think they're being ignored. Um, I no, think they're, they're a key centered. demographic, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. It's – yeah, it's an age-old thing of, like, you're not – just because other groups are being acknowledged doesn't mean that you're being ignored. right. I haven't done this qualitative analysis, but I'm sure if you look at all like the top TV shows and films of the last few years, I bet you you would find white boys in them. Oh yeah, yeah, and you know, and it probably yeah. at a again, I haven't done the analysis, but probably <laughs> at a disproportionate amount to the general population, I would guess. Yeah, I think I that's wager, probably just right. not as much as historically. There's also a cat in Marine <laughs> frame. Yes, uh, yes. Knox has decided he is beautiful. He is he's been he so needy. Maria, what is Knox trying to say? What is his opinion <laughs> on all this? Because he clearly has something to say. He does. He does about this, and he we know he's not a misogynist. He's not a misogynist. No, no he is not. He's a very woke kitty. He's a, <laughs> yeah, all day. He's really been like kind of all over my don't step on the keyboard, please.
is just lay down. You can lay down here. We actually had to end this episode a little bit early because I had a very needy cat after being away for the holidays. So we wrapped early and we will save all of our we see you's for the next episode. Feminist Without Mystique is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts.